You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Stag Sports Network Spring Season Preview Series, a podcast series where we dive into each of the Fairfield Spring Sports teams and have a look at their upcoming ski- uh, seasons with each team's head coach. I'm JJ Duke. Hope that you all are doing well out there. As we're recording, it is freezing rain, which is nothing like the weather that we want to see for the uh, the team that we're going to be talking about. It's Fairfield Baseball, and I'm joined by head coach Bill Courier, and we were just discussing before we went on that, is it going to be nice for you guys to finally see a diamond with dirt and grass and not playing on a turf field just to feel like you're playing baseball? Yeah, we try to simulate as much as we can uh, the game of baseball, and, and we, we do a good job of it defensively, but to live pitch and hit, uh, we do need a little bit larger facility or, or a little bit warmer weather to get our pitchers out there. So, But it, it's uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, actually, the first field we play on at Elon is a turf infield, grass outfield, so that'll be half half good. It's kind of like baby steps, right? You just got to wean your way into the season. It's, it's probably always good for us to start on a turf field, there especially the infield at the beginning. Fascinating, actually, that you bring that up. We're starting to see a lot more turf fields, especially in college baseball now. Is that something that you think could be the norm? Give it a couple of years' time, especially because here in the Northeast and just really anywhere in the North, it's always going to be nasty for six weeks of the year. Yeah, I'm kind of a traditionalist, uh, as you probably can figure, but uh, I'm – I would like a turf field until about the end of April. Then I'd like a grass field. There you go. Our, our grounds guy doesn't doesn't figure it out how to do that for me yet, but uh, that would be the best scenario. But um, you know, there are more turf fields. You can get on them a little earlier, and and uh, they're just accessible earlier for the Northeast, which is, makes a lot of sense. Definitely. All right, let's dive into this. And first off, I'm absolutely buzzing to be talking about Fairfield baseball. I know you guys have been waiting for a while to get back onto the field, but yeah, this is a team that made a lot of noise last year. It was one of those seasons that was special. You kind of feel it, at least from our perspective. But I'm curious for you, at what point did you think, man, this could be the season unlike any other? Yeah, we were we were just so uh, busy and into the tournaments and traveling and things. We really didn't have a chance to sit back and say, "Wow, that was quite a year." I mean, thirty nine and five, and thirty three and one in the conference—that's just unheard of. And uh, we did have a special team. Things worked out right. We kept people healthy, uh, uh, and and we certainly did the job. We were uh, with the talented team to get it done so to get to the finals of a regional and beat Arizona State and getting a walked off by them two days before that when we were up by two in the ninth so uh, we certainly played to our expectations we felt but certainly played above it uh, to a lot of people's feel and as I told our team after guys we justified your season by showing on the big stage what we were about and how talented we were and how our season was uh, not just a, a false uh, uh, pretense of, of just playing games within your conference, and that's why you uh, shouldn't have been ranked and all this. So we legitimized it, and the guys, uh, uh, you know, we felt good about that. It would have been nice to, to win another game, but uh, playing the number two team in the, in the country with only their third game was a high, high, high hill to climb. Yeah, I mean, that atmosphere in Austin, I mean, you could see it just watching from home how insane it was and just proves that how special college baseball can be. I mean, obviously, everybody talks about the professional level where you play in front of packed stadiums any night, but, you know, even a six, seven, eight 
9,000 seat stadium that is rocking can be just one that is probably going to leave a lot of great memories for your guys. I mean, we talk about the takeaways. Have you been able to like really kind of trade stories just with anybody within your staff and just remember being like, not only did we love that, but man, we'd love to get there again. Yeah. What, what we try to impress on our players is that, you know, this year's a whole different year. Everything starts over. The records are zero and zero. We've lost some key players from this past year's team. Yep. But the most important thing to gain from this is experience that, that they had during the games. Our freshmen and sophomore and, and even juniors that pitched last year's in the last year's regional uh, got some experience and confidence in them. And to pitch at that in that on that stage and uh, at the level of the teams we were playing and and feel good about it and that we won two of them and and we're right in the the games other than the last one it gives them that sense of confidence that I belong here and this is what I aspire to to work a little harder get a little bigger a little stronger get a little better and this is capable to be a part of this so that's what we want them to gain from this and 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 move into this year thinking that uh you know I belong we want to get back there we got a great taste of it and it's a lot of work to get back to it and it's a lot of things got to go right but uh we like it and that's what they want to aspire to. Now you talked about justifying, right? So for a lot of people that may have not forgotten so much, but just need a quick refresher, this was a Fairfield team that you know started off 28 straight on the bounce, winning games in any different type of fashion that you could remember. And people started to kind of pick up on the story a little bit and talking about Fairfield. And then there is, of course, the opposite side of, as you said, they're only playing their teams in their league. That's the way that the MAC was last year. You can't fight what's on your schedule. You just have to roll with it. But Fairfield ended up uh, being ranked nationally uh, or receiving votes down the stretch and then obviously getting the at-large bid. But going into the offseason, the summer leagues that you guys played in last year, then coming back to the fall, how much could you see from your returning players that not only were you able to justify what you did last year by representing yourself the way that you did on a national stage, but saying that, okay, it, yeah, last year was outstanding, but how can we make this year even better? So what were what were some of the things that you're seeing with the group? Yeah, the, the, the kids certainly at all their summer leagues teams, and we had 20 to 25 kids all playing the summer leagues. We had eight all at one, not at one time, but at, at over the summer playing at the Cape. So that was certainly from teams, the top 20 teams all over the country uh, that certainly sent in their players to the Cape. So... Uh, what they found out there was really everybody knew who we were, and that never happened before. You know, the people wondered, where's Fairfield? We had no idea where they're located. So they all knew uh, what we had done, where we were at. So that kind of put the school and the baseball program on the map, and that's a good thing. And out recruiting, too, my assistants and myself, everybody knew our season. Everybody was following. Everybody was cheering for us. We, were, we really were the Cinderella team in Division One baseball. Um, and I started by going 28-0. Nobody goes undefeated in a season. And, and to go that far undefeated, I don't care what conference you're in mm. or who you're playing. If NC State was in our league, they probably would have lost one or two some, somewhere. So things did work out well, and, and that's that's a good thing. So this year coming back, to answer your question, is is uh, very seriousness about getting to work and the things we need to do and the holes we need to fill and, and the capabilities we can have and, and the dreams of going on are, are, are right there now that we experienced and we know it's possible. So uh, can we go 39-5? and five? Probably not, but 
Um, that was a historic season based on certainly the, the times that we live in. Uh, but uh, to get there probably won't be in our large bid. We got to win the MAC to get that AQ, and uh, that's certainly what we're certainly what we're shooting for from day one. Well, you talk about the MAC and talk about that AQ, and obviously a lot of that comes from how you build up and how you prepare for a conference season and always this league. And I think a lot of people learn very quickly how deep this league can be and how competitive it is. I'm looking at the non-conference schedule that you put together. I mean, that's a you always do put a very rigorous schedule together, but I'm looking at some of the teams that you will be facing, Elon, Kennesaw State, and St. Joseph's. Those are three-game sets before going to FGCU, uh, always a quality team in the Atlantic Sun. North Dakota State that got to another regional, won a game in the regional last year. I mean, that's – if you can put together some good performances in that, I mean, let it, you know, wins, losses aside, if you can put together good games, good stretches of that – how much do you think that's going to carry over then to in the MAC conference season? You know, that's why we put that rigorous schedule together. We want to play teams that uh, we think are – and we feel like these teams are, are – we can play with these teams. We can beat these teams. They can beat us. So it's not like we're playing the, the ACC or the SEC teams here. Uh, so they're good. They're very good. And some of them were in the regional last year. But um, they're teams that, um, you know, we're going down there to win. And uh, not that we weren't any other year. But uh, we got a good feeling of, of, of our pitching, and we got a good feeling that we're going to score some runs, we feel. And, you know, we just got to get ourselves in a groove and get out on a field and get playing the game. You know, it's training, it's drilling, it's, but it's not the game. And that's something that these five weeks of weekends is going to gear us up for when we start MAC play the, the uh, third weekend of, of March when we get back. Absolutely. Um, make sure for you all listening at home, you can go on to fairfieldstags.com and check out the Fairfield baseball schedule as well as all of our spring team schedules, up-to-date rosters, news, and notes. And you, you also mentioned, by the way, the ACC, the SEC teams. Now, no one would fault Fairfield baseball after the year that they had last year where, hey, we can capitalize on kind of the notoriety and get that dream series where you can go down and play in Arkansas. You can go back to play Texas, something along those lines. And people were remember but you talked about the fact that this is a challenging schedule but also feels like the right schedule so for you when you're going and picking those opponents or at least having uh discussions with the opponents head coaches and trying to just figure everything out what goes into piecing together these types of schedules there's a lot of things that go into it but one of one of the most important is guarantees we're looking for guarantees down south uh pay for our rooming pay for our our, our food or travel, something like that. Uh, they certainly don't pay for all three, but one of those areas, uh, a nice ballpark, a, a, a solid, good program. Uh, uh, maybe I have a relationship with the coach or the program in the past. So a lot of things, and, and certainly we want the better weather yeah. uh, than we're experiencing up in the Northeast in March and in fe February and March. So uh, this is important. So uh, the, the Kennesaw State uh, uh, series got put together a couple of years ago. We have a, a, a very helpful alum that lives down in uh, uh, Atlanta, and he said it'd be great, Coach, if you get the team down here, and we'll certainly help you with a lot of the expenses. So, uh, between their his help and others, and the uh, 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 just the guarantees, it's a great opportunity for us to go down to Kennesaw and play. A, it's two A Sun teams we're playing them in Florida Gulf Coast, so uh, it's a good experience playing in a nice place and. 
and the alum in different areas of the country get to see their stags play. So that's a, a benefit all the way around. Yeah, that's another one that I wasn't really thinking of, but I'm glad that you brought it up. The alumni base. This Fairfield team, and like a lot of other teams kind of in and around this region, they do rely on great support from their alumni base, whether it's players that played with this team or parents of players that just continue to keep supporting this team. How much was how or how much fun was that for you to kind of like rekindle a lot of those memories of chatting with former players or parents of former players during that run last year and maybe getting some of those messages saying, Hey, I'd love to see you guys come down to Florida, come down to Georgia, maybe even perhaps one day go out to the West Coast and play some games. I don't know if we have any alums out there and if I'm forgetting any, definitely you know, let us know about that. But um, you know, what what was that like for you? Yeah, that that was uh, everybody likes a winner. Yeah, first of all, and the amount of attention we were getting nationally, the alum were being reached for all corners of the of the country, and uh, you know I got to hear a lot from them, a lot of emails, a lot of texts and calls, and from ex players, and uh, for the last ten years that have played for me, so it was very exciting. Every Sunday night after a series, I'd send them a little recap. I called it uh, uh, Coach's Corner, the dugout club or something like that I call it and we uh you know just give them the update of what happened this weekend some of the decisions we made and uh, how it turned out uh other than just a score that they might be reading uh so they love that and that got out uh we doubled our our monarch club uh membership in this uh streak last year uh which we have almost 70 members of five-year commitment and we're looking to grow that and double it and keep that going because that certainly is the base of our, our, our trips early and, and a lot of our things we can do uh, uh, that are extra for the kids' experience. So that that's an important factor uh, also. So we're looking to reach as many of them, play in front of as many alum as we can out of the Northeast, and these early trips allow them to, to see us uh, on the field, maybe near their, their where they live. That's fantastic. Um talking about the group that you have come back last year you talked about how there's a lot of guys that got opportunities last year especially in that postseason atmosphere down in Austin but one of those guys that was not there but is coming back this year is Mike Caruso I mean how happy are you that he signed on for another year <laughs> we're so excited yeah. I mean <laughs> when he said he definitely wants to use his fifth year and and uh that that's a great thing he's been the best catcher I've had in my 36 year career He's, he's that good, and he's just a great team player, unselfish, you know, works his tail off, a great example. He's everything, all the boxes you want to check, and an outstanding player and teammate, uh, you know, player of the year in the conference to boot. So uh, we're very fortunate to get him back, and, you know, it's just filling some other roles as, as we're going to get into, I'm sure, with Trey McLaughlin and, and uh, Justin Guerrero, two players that were drafted in the 17th round, the 20th round by the Mets, both of them. So – Justin had two years left. Trey had one year left. So we could have had them back this year and had essentially uh, most of the team left. We're having two big losses with Sean Cullen at first base was a one-year rental from uh, uh, Union, and Danny Ryan was a three-year starter in center field for us, number two-hole hitter. So two, three, four-hole hitter all gone uh, right now. So we got to replace them, and uh, we think we got a, a pretty good group, but we got to see how they play a little bit, uh, some of these holes that we needed to fill. Yeah, talking about those guys, and by the way, Justin Guerrero uh, and Trey as well, solid finish of the season last year, but Justin had himself one heck of a summer into the fall. I know he got bumped up to Port St. Lucie at the end of the 
but it's the Florida State League for all of us, but I believe it's uh, Southeast A, some along those lines, but he had one great season. Um, looking at those holes that you're saying, I'll talk about some of the other returners in a moment, but who are you maybe expecting that could step up with the opportunity that's been you know, presented? Well, fortunate, we, we do have Mike Sansone and Jake Noviello back, yep. you know, two second-team All-American preseason, the collegiate baseball news. Uh, so they had uh, Sansone. I mean, he was an all-star at the Cape. Yep. Uh, he had a tremendous sum- summer, and he's been going off to leagues every summer since his freshman year, and he's made the all-star team of every one of them for four years. So we're fortunate to have that Bulldog back, and he's going to lead our staff on probably the Friday game. And Jake Noviello, another starter, uh, had some injury issues this summer, and but was 9-0 and with a 1-5 ERA last year, and, and we're looking for him to have another real good year uh, this year. Um, we have three or four other good starters in the mix after that with Nick Graybeck and uh, Bryson Cafaro and uh, Colin McVeigh. Uh, are looking real good also as starters. So uh, we, we, we got a little depth to get figured out with our pitching. Uh, we feel we have some good arms there and are progressing pretty well preseason. We have some uh, positions to fill as we move Mike Handel from right field to center field and Danny Ryan's spot. And, uh, you know, we got a, a, a few guys with Matt Zafino probably leading the pack right now in right field. He's a transfer from Hamilton as well as another union transfer uh and colin kelly at shortstop and to fill cullen's spot at at first base uh, uh right now we have matt bergevin that kind of uh recruited himself a little bit he was from tempe arizona where arizona state's from knows a few of their players and was watching our games very intently and and uh we got a chance to work him out and uh uh at a, at a combine and and he uh really showed well and and he's here uh as our first baseman so we got some things to figure out with filling these holes and how they're going to perform. But we feel a lot of other people have gotten better and uh, uh, the younger players. And uh, we uh, hope to fill these other losses with some good talent. Well, that's part of the fun of going down south. You can get a lot of games in. And how much for you was that kind of a miss last year? I know everything was just – you put everything together and you just have to deal with the schedule that is at hand. But you're playing conference games literally right from the start of the season. Now you get that schedule where you can figure out six, seven weeks worth of, hey, so this is going to be our lineup. Maybe we might mix some things in against a lefty as opposed to a righty but you have that opportunity back so how much how grateful are you to have this now it is it's very important especially for the for the players like uh charlie pagna really that you know hit hit well last year but we think has another level in him and he's proven that this fall he came back in tremendous shape and he's doing great he was the mvp of our stag series in the fall and uh, he hasn't looked back so he's really improved mike bichetti at second last year didn't make an error all year uh, tremendous uh, player hit fifth in, a, in our order last year but he's improved too he has a whole new focus and and looks tremendous and we're excited about him as well as a, 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 a pitching staff of of other guys that are looking to step up and and uh, we have a transfer from Hofstra, Hofstra Jack Anderson we hope to help helps us as well as uh, a guy that was out with Tommy John a year ago Emmett Tolis big 6'8 right-hander that's throwing pretty well uh, for us this this year right now. Pete Austinson has been uh, doing a good job in a relief force, looking to get the ball here and there, as well as Jason Hebner, a lefty last year that's back for his fifth year uh, this year that is a nice lefty out of the bullpen and knows what he's doing and has great experience too. So we're looking to show our depth off a little bit in these five, six weeks preseason 
uh, before we get into conference play, and that's the important factor, and that's why we go south and play these games before conference start to to really figure stuff out and get it in order. I mean, those <clears throat> those back-end bullies were just amazing last year. You talk about Hebner. I mean, it seemed every time he came in, just he knew his role, right? Shut down the door, turn the ball over either to Eli or to Graybeck. Um, which, speaking of, you also mentioned something that's a bit interesting, a change in the MAC this year. You guys are going to Friday through Sunday schedule uh, as opposed to last year, that chaos back-to-back doubleheaders. But that even is the change from the Saturday doubleheader Sunday single game. I mean, how much does that kind of change how you have to manage this team and now you don't have to worry about a doubleheader and going through 16, 17 innings in a day? Yeah, last year playing four on the weekend was was we almost needed the week to rest yeah. up to get ready for four uh, two nines two sevens on the weekend. But nine inning games are real baseball. That's what the coaches in the league have been kind of fighting for for the last three or four years, and we finally got it last year. Even though the the COVID thing messed us up a little bit, but uh, this year we're back to it and uh, playing uh, single nines Friday. Saturday, Sunday. So if we get a rain one day, we bump up to play two nines on one day and then a single. So, But three nines, it's a way to go. Single games, a little less time at the park, a little uh, less hectic uh, as the day goes. And uh, we're looking forward to that, as well as playing Tuesday, Wednesday during the week against our usual opponents, which are all within an hour from us, which are real convenient. Yep, absolutely. Last bit that I wanted to get to you, and I always kind of like to hear – coach's perspective about the staff that they have with them and your staff had you know a number of accolades going you yourself for the northeast regional coach of the year jordan tabachman was named the national pitching coach of the year by college baseball news so kind of want to hear your perspective a little bit of how this group that you work with day in day out how you know they got this uh, team to where they are there's always a there's always a team behind a team, and Fairfield's certainly no different. Yep, and there's certainly a whole coaching staff behind a region coach of the year, too. Yep. And it, just like Jordan Tobacman would be the first one to say, you know, my pitchers are the ones that certainly put me in this position, but you need someone to organize them, someone to condition them, someone to get them thinking the right things, someone to push them in the right directions and give them the opportunity to succeed. So uh, I think it starts with, with the whole staff. Uh, Brian Fay, uh, uh, the recruiting coordinator, does a tremendous job. With he's a detail orientated, uh, makes sure things are done right, and uh, 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 does a great job with the with the day to day things with the players and the hitters and the infielders. And Jordan does a, a phenomenal do- job with the pitchers and getting them organized and and just uh, getting them in the right mental state, the right physical condition, and. And we all talk about putting them in the right place in the games and things. So uh, it does start with the whole staff and the staff I'm very fortunate to to have and to put together, as well as now we have a a volunteer new assistant, Matt Marullo, who played in the big leagues for six years and coached in the New York Penn League, managed in the New York Penn League, and and it just scouted for 12 years with the Arizona Diamondbacks and tremendous experience, more experience than all of us other three. Uh, so we feel we have a, a very good staff together to help these kids develop and, and uh, bring or bring in the right players now for Fairfield baseball and keep us at this level and, and keep getting better every year. Absolutely. Coach, absolute pleasure as always. I like genuinely cannot wait to see this group in person. I'm going to try as much as we can to follow them online as you all go, but looking forward to seeing your group back here, home opener scheduled right now for March the 29th against Hartford and, League play not too far before and after that. So best of luck. Thanks, JJ.
Absolutely. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Stag Sports Network Spring Season Preview Series. Uh, if you like this episode and want to listen to all of our season previews, all you have to do is go visit fairfieldstags.com slash podcast or by subscribing to the Stag Sports Network on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check back on fairfieldstags.com for all your news and notes and for all of our teams, as well as schedules, roster pages, broadcast schedules, and much more. Also, you can follow Fairfield Baseball on social media at stags underscore base on Twitter and at stags underscore baseball on instagram you can also follow us as well at fairfield stags on twitter and instagram and at stag Sportsnet on twitter thanks for hanging with us and we will talk to you all again real soon thank you for listening to the stag sports network podcast for past and future podcasts visit fairfieldstags.com <laughs>